This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Oh yeah. Today is February the 26th, 2021. Strong hand, long term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Don't FOMO on altcoins. I'm offended by selling one day closer to returning to a one trillion dollar market cap oh wow what a wild uh, week it's been well compared to last week uh we got john in the house we got kyle in the house we got btc dragon lord in the house they are all linked to below kyle kempler john vallis you know them all they're all all returnees so the the uh, actually started with the tether fud uh, going away well, well, maybe uh, Tether was found. Uh, they had a settlement with the New York Attorney General. But uh, at, at that point on Monday, the, the price of Bitcoin started going uh, down the, the tubes. I mean, it had reached an all time high on the weekend, 58,000. And all of a sudden, everybody's mood changed. All these newbies that are trading on freaking um, what, what's, what's that platform called? Uh, where all the noobs uh, trade uh, the uh, GameStop, uh, whatever that Robin is. Hood. The, Robinhood, all the Robinhood guys started selling, all the corporations kept buying. So, I mean, we got down into the 40s, into wherever we are right now, down into the 40s. Can you imagine that? What a world. So, John, what's what's going on? Uh, we're going to start it off real simple for you fiat freaks out there. We're just going to rip this off our chats and just talk about the price real quick. And then we're going to get into like where you got to use your head real nicely. So, John, what is up with the price? And what's up with this week in Bitcoin? <clears throat> well, as we all know, the only number I care about is the nominal number of BTC that I have and not ex ex exchange value and fiat. However, it's fun to watch these, these charts play out and, uh, and unfold. Um, I think there's a couple ways you could look at this. Pretty simply, um, there's been a lot of buying since last fall. Maybe we're taking a breather. A lot of, a lot of hot money came in from both retail and institutional side. I think the retail tends to be weaker hands. And so maybe something in the ether, tether FUD, taking profits, whatever has uh, caused them to sell. But, you know, there's, there seems to be so many headwinds. There's so much institutional demand coming online. It's, it's challenging for me to think that we go very low or for very long. And, you know, this, the same sort of dynamic is playing out in my mind that has always played out. Like, let's say we're in mid 2020 or mid 2019. Like the thing that I ask myself is like, how is it staying down? Like how, how is the price staying down? So on the flip side of that, you know, I think I ha we have to sometimes, and, and not being able to understand or comprehend why the price wasn't going up in those periods, I think it's almost the reverse now. It's like, I can't see a reason why, you know, the price would be down deep or long, but that's the nature of markets. You know, screwy things happen and we don't have all the information about why, why things do what they do. But I just see it as opportunity, man. I, I, I hate price appreciation. I, I want to stack as much as possible for as long as possible. So I'm happy to see the price go uh, pretty much as low as possible. <laughs> All right. I, I want to remind everyone, 6 million noobs have bought coins on Robinhood crypto already in 2021. Wow. Re re retail users have flocked to cryptocurrencies in 2021 with Robinhood reporting an increase in new monthly crypto traders of 15 times last year's average. Okay, so we have we have people that uh, I mean if and the GameStop 
the GameStop thing, we could talk about that too. It ramped up again this week. I, I don't think it's coincidence. All right, so uh, Dra Dragon Lord, what's your your take on uh, what's what's going on with the uh, price? I mean, no one should be disappointed. It, it's just so weird how people's uh, uh, they they can become disappointed when it drops to the forties. I, I don't get it, man. Come on, dudes. We're one day closer. One day closer to returning to the trillion dollar market cap. What's what's going on with you, Dragon Lord? Paper hands going on with people. I don't know. Institutions selling, someone's taking profit. Maybe someone will create the next. What is that? Like Robinhood? I don't know. People buy on Robinhood. They don't buy Bitcoin. They're just buying some weird IOUs. You don't even know if you're buying Bitcoin there or not because you know you don't you don't know about it. You know. Uh, <clears throat> I did want to say one thing, but before I don't think it's the institutions that are selling. It's the the weak hands are selling, the institutions are buying, and they're going to be crying, these freaking uh, weak hands, and they're complaining about the institutions. So, you sure? Uh, there, are no, there, are no, there was an article out there. I didn't link to it. Uh, yeah, it, like it, last uh, time the company was there that sell, sold, like, I don't know, like 350 bitcoins just because someone said that, that oh, shit, there was a, a double spend on the network. So they quickly went and said, oh, we're going to sell that money. Like, okay, so they, they took profit, and then apparently they are out. Yeah, I mean, they're stupid, so. <laughs> there was some analysis that it appeared that as the price was going down, there were still some big buys being made, which they assumed to be institutions. But you're you're right to bring up that example. There's um, always I, I, big buys going on. So if you take a look at the amount that's being sold, so if you go on a Bitcoin ID, or I think which was the other one, uh, you can see the order book on it. So when they sell, for example, they sell like 500 Bitcoins or 1,200 Bitcoin, was I don't even know. But basically, the the buy, buying side is much more larger than the sa selling side. So we only need like 200 Bitcoin to get back to like 55,000 or something like that. So that's, that's nothing. It's like whoever is selling, there's barely anybody who's selling. They just, you know, they're just giving it away to the plebs. And the much more they're selling, the more people are getting getting Bitcoin, basically. And that's the point is when you when one person have 200 bitcoin and they sell an exchange that money gets redistributed again, uh, around among people who are small buyers small retail buyers on exchanges like like bitstamp or kraken or anything else and you know they're gonna start withdrawing that money from these exchanges and they're gonna keep decreasing the bitcoin liquidity on these exchanges and with that you know the price is gonna keep going up that way all right all right, all right. you know we we're 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 tossing darts out there on, on what is exactly happening. I'm I bring this up, I bring up the price just to keep the hands strong out there. That's that's all I'm trying to do. Uh, Kyle, do you have any thoughts on the price uh, and uh, that it's it's dropped and people are worried? Kyle, do you hear me? Did we lose Kyle? No. Did do you guys hear me? I just want to make sure. I can hear you. Yeah. All right. So we might have uh, we might have a a Kyle issue there. Or unmute yourself, Kyle. All right. Kyle Try is speaking. unmuted. All right. We'll get we'll, we'll get we'll get back to Kyle in a second here. All right. There is. There's news out there besides uh, you, you fiat freaks and theorizing on what the heck's going on out there. And, you know, we had some issues. There was uh, the, the United States uh, had a little bombing in the Middle East. 
Um, that that can uh, freak uh, people out. So there's thing, thing, things happen, you know. It, over the long run, the price goes up. All right. So Bitcoin is uncensorable. This is something that I love about Bitcoin, and something I really want to bring up. This story, which, which is linked to below, um, and it is going to be the only as people get canceled from the traditional economic rails. Um, this is going to be, uh, they're going to wake up to Bitcoin like this dude did. Uh, Stop the Steel organizer hosting clubhouse sessions about Bitcoin. Ali Alexander has been banned from Twitter and PayPal, but not by clubhouse and Bitcoin. When asked what his future plans are, Alexander replied, I only want to talk about Bitcoin and my future plan is to get more Bitcoin. All right. Well, pound that like button for your future plan there. Ali Alexander. I, I, I think that's good. Um, it's unfortunate you had to find out about Bitcoin this way. Uh, th this dude was involved in well, uh, planning that rally that was in D.C. on uh, January 6th. So a lot of people out there are going to be like, why are you talking about this guy? He's a troublemaker. He's lied. He's done this. He's a that's the thing. That's the thing. Even he, no matter what you think about him, can use Bitcoin and is using Bitcoin. And there's so many people out there that said there's no there's no use case for Bitcoin. There's no reason to use it. Who, who's going to want to use it? I mean, this is the type of person, the the unmentionables, the unwanted, uh, whatever Hillary Clinton uh, called them that one time. So, uh, John, uh, since I don't know if, if yeah, Kyle dropped off there. Uh, John, what do you think about the, this story and the uncensorable aspects of Bitcoin? Well, full disclosure, I don't, I don't know anything about this guy's particular case or what's been alleged about him or any of that. But I guess from reading the article that you, you sent, I understand that the, the social media and the banking platforms have done what they've been doing for a while now, it, which is, as you said, you know, canceling, kicking off the platform of people that they disagree with or the unmentionables or people that are not politically correct or people that are against the, the dominant narrative. And this has always been one of Bitcoin's value propositions. And it's been part of the reason why it may, maybe it's been tainted from the get-go in the mainstream of people calling it like a you know, black market, nefarious purposes sort of money. But this was the case with WikiLeaks, right? And this has been the case with a lot of people that were relegated, you know, were pushed effectively out of the system and you know, had to find a way to fund themselves and to maintain their livelihoods and you know to not be completely cut off from society and bitcoin is you know a tremendous way to do that because it can't be censored because there's no intermediary because nobody can cut you off from it and it's it's you know it's almost poetic that the current decay of our society is such that it's actually pushing people into that option which is ultimately better for themselves you know, we stay in this the, the decaying, highly controlled social dynamic and social media environment because we haven't pissed off, you know, we haven't said the wrong things yet or we haven't sufficiently gone against the grain and so we're comfortable to stay and hang out. And I know we're all susceptible to that and, you know, like Mastodon is great, but it's not the same feel as like mixing it up on Twitter with, you know, in Normieland and stuff. So I get why people stay, but ultimately that's where we should want to go. And so the people that are getting kicked out of this landscape, I know it hurts and I know it affects income and livelihood and social life and all that, but like they're being kicked into the realm of freedom and that's what Bitcoin represents. And that's what we should all ultimately, where we should all ultimately want to get to. 
or use the pressure of, of that other realm to convert, you know, the existing decaying one into something more akin to, to the Bitcoin realm and having more freedom and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, this is why, this is why Bitcoin is here. This is one of the valuable use cases of Bitcoin. And I'm, I'm, uh, despite what anybody does, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would do things that I'm personally against, you know, that aren't in line with my values and principles, but I'm glad that they have a, a non-political means of maintaining their livelihood and, and, and saving their money and doing what they want with the, you know, their savings, their money and their life. It's, it's not for me to judge. And, uh, there's just a lot of imposition of values and judgment going on and, in society today, both politically and media and technology. And, you know, thank God for Bitcoin. Uh, yes, there is a lot of uh, judgment uh, being cast down upon people in terms of what they think. And you can't think certain things anymore. And more and more people, they, they think it can't happen to them. It will happen to them. And that is, I, I think this is going to be in this year. That's why a lot of people are going to discover Bitcoin. All right, Kyle, can you hear us now? All right, un unmute yourself though. Yeah, now I can hear you loud and clear. How about me? Sorry about that. Um, All right, G give us your take on uh, uncensorable aspects of Bitcoin. Uh, that if, if this is the year people are going to discover it uh, because so many people are being canceled and whatnot. And if you yeah, have well, any, if you have any experience with that, just like the whole, the, just the, the whole life cycle of Bitcoin. You know, back in the day when WikiLeaks, you know, started using Bitcoin because of censorship. And, you know, now we're seeing more and more censorship and the number, the audience is just growing and growing. So people are realizing that, you know what, Bitcoin is a very useful solution to enable us to engage in financial commerce and transactions. I'm not sure about, is my audio okay here? Yeah, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. Yeah. So I just feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's the continued awakening of people towards this unbelievable technology that is Bitcoin. And, you know, this is a marathon and not a sprint. And it's one step at a time, one wallet at a time. The fact that there's 6 million new users on Robinhood being declared, I think is a testament to the fact that there's you know, we're probably going to see 100 to 200 million new users in crypto this year. And there's a lot of interest coming. It's still very early. And as people who have been in this a while, you know, it's our, you know, let's let's operate with honor and not try and, uh, you know, hurt these people too much or ex expose people to too much risk. And, you know, that's been one of my kind of, you know, driving passions is helping people get in safely. Now, the, the, the Robin Hood people, unfortunately, uh, if they do something wrong in life, uh, they will be canceled by Robin Hood because they're keeping their – first of all, you can't get your Bitcoin off of Robin Hood. Now, yeah, I, I think it's a positive we have all these people interested in Bitcoin, but in terms of the uncensorable, unconfiscatable aspects of Bitcoin, if you're on Robin Hood, you're not going to be able to enjoy uh, those aspects of Bitcoin very much. But hopefully no, they you're using Bitcoin for one small purpose, and that is only to try and make money. You're viewing it completely as a speculative instrument like a traditional stock or bond. It's not you're not understanding at all the value of it as a transaction network, as a currency, as a store of value long term, as a sovereign store of value. And that's why, like, you know, there's just so much to the Bitcoin equation. 
in terms of knowledge and the, the need for education, I mean, it's constant, but like, many people are still believe it's okay just to have a ledger, you know, to have a, to have a ledger, even, you know, your keys, your coins mentality, but have a ledger, but, and just put it away and never use it. Um, you know, I truly believe that, you know, you say never sell, but I mean, I feel like we should be exchanging this. We should be using it. Um, otherwise, you know, it becomes what just collectible. Offended by selling, but I will say this, of course, these people who get painted into this horrible economic corner, they will be using it. Um, I mean, the only way this Ali Alexander could be supported now is so people are sending him. Yeah, I don't like spending it on coffee and whatnot at, at this point. Um, but if you are a desperado out there where you can't have make an income anymore, where you've been kicked off by every platform, yeah, you, you, you're going to... Um, it's going to be very valuable in uh, in generating income for you uh, in your uh, in your fundraising efforts. Now, I want to, I want to say real quick here, and and this is why I bring up Ali Alexander. Roman Q says someone in Iran can instantly send value to a North Korean, and no one can stop them. And this is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. It, it is. But like, if you say that to a normie, you're not going to get a very good reaction a, a, out of them at all. And it's the same thing when you talk about this stop the steal event. Uh, like, yeah, there were some of the dudes that were involved. They were sent Bitcoin and that you can't stop it because you think it's disgusting is awesome. That That's a very valuable uh, commodity there, what, what Bitcoin is. All right. We'll, we'll talk about uh, uh, an unmentionable person here. Uh, BTC uh, Dragon Lord, you're an unmentionable. What, what do you think about this? Uh, I, I sent you the article about the uh, the Ali Alexander guy. Do you have any thoughts on the uh, un uh, uncensorable aspects? Yeah, so I I'm pretty sure that Ali figured out that he lost and that the commies are winning. So he turned in his desperation towards you know seeing a way out of his situation, and he kind of discovered Bitcoin. And, you know, when he figured out this is something that nobody can stop and you can use as a weapon, he probably figured out that maybe if he puts his entire focus into it, within a few years, its value appreciates, he could use it to change the United States as it is right now today. And nobody will be able to stop him because, you know, if you have like 1,000 or 2,000 Bitcoins, then... You, you are like you're sitting on fucking VMDs and you can use it against whoever you want to. Or you can use it for good reasons. I mean, good, good means also. It doesn't, it's a double-edged sword because it can be a weapon or a tool to change society for the better. But it depends what kind of political views you are representing. So it's, uh, it's really, really, really like a philosophical question also. So, yeah. And, and you bring up uh, communism. Uh, if those dudes were smart, uh, they should get into. We can't stop them either. No one can. No one can stop anyone from from getting into Bitcoin and funding yeah, their organizations. But, but this is like a problem with you know with leftism is that you know they they rely more on socialist and communist ideology from Marxism, and the whole thing with Bitcoin is that Bitcoin completely uh, obsoletes this system, so they are unable to function within a Bitcoin system because even within communism, you know, the problem is that. If the communists would start using Bitcoin, they wouldn't be able to mint Bitcoins for the communists. They would keep spreading the coins and they wouldn't have enough value that they can put into their Bitcoin. So this way, you know, people who live in big cities, they would have to move out into the farmlands to produce something in order to create value. But, you know, you, it, it wouldn't function for them at all this way.
Interesting. Interesting to take it to that level. I, 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 I when I think about communists buying uh, Bitcoin, I just think of them being hypocritical and just, uh, yeah, you know, to, uh, living, living, living behind the scene. I mean, but we, they, they can't be stopped. They can't be that. That is something you can't stop North Koreans from buying it. You can't stop any authoritarian from buying it. And I think that's and to send it to anyone uh, if they control their private key. So they're they're all there's just still so you know with with what has happened this week in terms of the, the price crash we've got our, our peter shifts of the world saying it has no value etc you know i'm just putting the reasons why it, it it does have uh value out there all right um so let's uh john i, I got i have well i've got two canadians on here today john and, and, and kyle and one of the reasons i i did that was because of the uh canadian bitcoin etf now, let me read you something about this Canadian Bitcoin ETF, because finally Canada has allowed something that the United States has not. Canada is doing something better than the United States in terms of regulation, because I sure wouldn't want to be in Canada right now in terms of other current events that are taking place. I, I enjoy being here in Florida where I can, you know, do you know just like it was uh, the, old, the olden days. There is no new normal here, but in Canada, unfortunately, there is. But look. Let, let's 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 go the, uh, the the exact quote that I cannot find about this uh, Canadian ETF. Where is it? Okay, the Canadian Bitcoin ETF now holds more than ten thousand Bitcoin. Wow, that was fast. So, John, what is what's up with this Canadian ETF? Give us a summary, and then we'll, we'll give a, give you some feedback on it. Well, I mean, it's it's been in the works for a while. We've had uh, a couple of the trusts here, like Grayscale. We have um, QBTC and and Galaxy, and there's another one, I believe. Um, but this thing started Wednesday, Thursday last week, um, and I think it's got nearly a billion dollars in funds uh, under management now. And I believe that the largest ETF in Canada has eight billion. So it's been off to a crazy, crazy fast start. There's been a ton of inflows. It seems like there's some outflows coming from the closed end funds because there's. <clears throat> there's pretty steep discounts on like QBTC right now. You can get it for like, is that like a minus 8% discount? So, uh, and there's two, there's a purpose one, the purpose ETF and there's evolve ETF. And I believe there's a few more coming down the pike. And, and now the game is to compete. And I believe they'll be competing on management fees and brand, you know, and obviously first to market has a huge advantage. But what I think is so encouraging about this and not unexpected, is it just shows how much pent up the demand there is to get exposure to this, but so many institutions and individuals were not comfortable with you know the means up till now to get into this space. They were waiting for an ETF. The ETF is a stamp of approval. It, it you know it's credibility. It's something that that fund managers and institutions are familiar with. Uh, and though I disagree with paper exposure to Bitcoin, or I should say I. I I don't believe it's the best method of gaining exposure or buying Bitcoin. You know, obviously for a large cohort or a large demographic, it's probably going to be the only way they get exposure. And uh, it seems like the floodgates are kind of open, and there's just a ton of people that want to that want exposure to this. And the ETFs are a, a cheap, efficient, and familiar vehicle for them to do that. And I, I, I don't think it'll be long before you know a Bitcoin ETF is the largest ETF in Canada. All right. Now, with that said, will, will this? Why did Canada do it before the United States? And will the, is this going to trigger the United States? Oh, I, I absolutely. I mean, once once people see how much money is coming into this, you know, money talks, right? And um, 
I mean, you look at the size of Grayscale already, it's, it's enormous. Um, but I think the same, imp the same effect will happen in the US. And like people here have been saying, I spoke to Greg Foss, who was instrumental in the closed, uh, getting one of the closed end funds open here. And he said, typically, um, what happens here in the US, it's about eight to 10x. So let's say you know that this one in Canada did close to a billion in their first week. So that means close to 10 billion in the first week for an American ETF. I mean, if those numbers are even close to being accurate predictions, then there's going to be a lot of incentive and will on the part of the institutions and probably even how they grease the wheels of the regulators to get this thing through because there's just too much money at stake. And that's the beautiful game theory of Bitcoin playing out on another level. It's just like you, you, you can't deny it and greed is pulling on the strings of everybody. And so I think, you know, for once, maybe Canada is blazing the trail and I think the U.S. will, will follow shortly behind. All right. I, I just want to put it out there, too. I'm not down with paper, uh, paper, Bitcoin, whatever no, you want course, to call of this. Of course. Uh, uh, yeah. But there clearly are a lot of people that if Canada, if they're doing this in Canada, that much money flowing in, I, I would like to see uh, what happens. And it, it's weird. The GBTC fund, Barry Silber's fund that you, you, you mentioned, Grayscale, uh, it, the, the price has gone down. As if people are expecting there to be uh, Bitcoin ETFs to take its place in America, and the odd thing also is, and I don't, I don't know if I even want to bring this up, but yeah, he he's inter Barry Silver is interested in creating uh, more funds with more altcoins. Um, <laughs> so uh, hey, that he, he can do what he wants to do. K Kyle, uh, as a Canadian, do you have any thoughts on the uh, Canadian ETF? Uh, yeah, I do. Um... So I mean, I had been speaking with the with some people from the uh, the Canadian Pension Plan, which is a you know a large pension fund that has about three hundred million or four hundred sorry four hundred billion of assets under ma management, and you know in trying to encourage them to buy Bitcoin and giving them some formulas and calculations for how much they should acquire. And they were it was interesting. This was a couple of years ago. They would come back. I was you know not interested. Uh, there's too much reputational risk in getting Bitcoin and getting into Bitcoin. They, they weren't they weren't actually looking at, at it from a like a strategic opportunity or de-risking approach towards assuring the long-term value of the Canadian pension system. They were worried about their reputational risk. So I feel that with uh, an ETF coming on on board, there are much larger chance or that reputational risk has just dropped significantly. And I think that also is in, is in, uh, plays true for the general kind of investing market who is made up of a lot of advisors who just don't even understand how like, you know, a crypto exchange or wallets work so that this has now come across makes it easy for them. Now, you know, the big question will be what will, when, or who will be the first ETF that gets hacked and loses all of the Bitcoin that it allegedly has? Uh, you know, what type of transparency will there be into proof of reserves on these uh, ETFs so that they're not just necessarily trusting in a Robinhood type, um, <clears throat> you know, custodial setup? So those are some of the kind of the interesting um you know things to consider but in general i mean good for canada i know there's been a lot of players within the canadian market space who have been trying to you know get this through and for canada to beat the states as you say 
you know, that's, uh, I guess, a small win for the nation. Hooray. <laughs> Well, it's it's a rare occurrence. Let, let, let's uh, let, let, let's let's put it that way. We're playing it's, hockey. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a rare occurrence. All right. Uh, we'll we'll ask a BTC Dragon Lord. Uh, you're you're not in America or Canada or North America or anything, and you're not you're not a fan of uh, <laughs> things that aren't Bitcoin to say the least. But I'll I'll let you speak on this. <laughs> I really got no comment on the Canadian ETF, so yeah, that's it. I'll leave it there. Okay, good, good, good. I, I thought you were going to rip it. Because you're getting a chance to rip on uh, corporate Bitcoin with when we when we bring up uh, Coinbase. Uh, so, Meister, a question for you: What do you what do you think about the the introduction of like multi multi currency and multi coin ETFs and additional products? You know that that are straying away from our Bitcoin line. To, 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 uh, multi like altcoin ETFs, like an like Bitcoin a, like ETF. index fund, a spider fund, an eat an eat an ETC fund. But that's, that's the thing. I have no, I have, I have no problem, no problem at all with guys like Barry Silver making up these altcoin funds, whatever you want to call them. I was people want to diversify for the sake of diversification. It, you were bringing up uh, what adds legitimacy to uh, to bitcoin uh because you know we were talking about before ali alexander and all these people that are, uh, are obviously unmentionables they have a real use case for bitcoin i mean they they need it but when uh, when traditional finance people read about that that that's scary to them so traditional finance people are used to diversification for the sake of diversification so when they hear about hey you, you can get more than just a Bitcoin ETF or a Bitcoin fund. You can get a Litecoin fund now or an Ethereum Classic fund or whatever. That actually makes them feel good. <laughs> now, that doesn't make uh, – and, you know, if they want to gamble on that stuff, that's, that's, that's their right. So I have, I have no problem with the, uh, the altcoins being financialized and, um, you know, pe people – I always talk about, uh, you know, Coinbase is going to be a, a Bitcoin bank. Well, it's also going to be an altcoin bank, uh, and and they're clearly well on their way to doing that. Uh, so I, I have no problem. I I just tell people the straight up truth that Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. I've seen all these altcoins come and go. There is no point to diversify for the sake of diversification. But I can scream that from the rooftops. Traditionally, that's what people do. They want there to be another Bitcoin. They want to diversify. They feel more comfortable. That this is their world outlook. So it's it's expected. And I, I have no. I believe in compete. Don't complain. Uh, I'm not going to be one of the people trying to cancel out the the Litecoin uh, ETF or or whatever might come one day. And if there's a Litecoin ETF, you you have to assume by that point that Bitcoin is like going wild. How about that? So that that's another positive spin. Uh, for everyone, but let, let's uh, since I, I I threw out Coinbase on there, uh, Coinbase is getting closer to going public, and this is going to be like so big for Bitcoin and for I guess cryptocurrency. You can say um, it's going it, 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 it will add some legitimacy to Bitcoin. Not that we not that we need legitimacy at, at, from the normies. We, 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 Bitcoin doesn't need that. But clearly, this this Coinbase thing, uh, they they released some information and you know, they, they were factors that could hurt uh, Bitcoin. They had the, they they they, they reveal all of this information. It was very interesting. They said, you know, how about if Satoshi came back, that could uh, drop the price. 
They, they gave reasons why the price could drop. It's, a, it, it, it's, it's low to below, but we're getting closer is what the point is. And it, it's uh, and how wealthy some of these guys are going to become, some of the, the shareholders in Bitcoin. Brian Armstrong is already making a lot of money, but uh, once this goes public, he, he's going to be a billionaire, I, I believe. So, um, so since Kyle, you just asked me a question. Do, do you have any thoughts on the Coinbase situation? I think dude is already a billionaire, and I think um, and I and I think what we're seeing here is like what you said. Like this is the rise of the crypto bank, and Coinbase is definitely like you know the biggest crypto bank on the planet, or one of the biggest crypto banks. And uh, you know, for them to release all that information, you know, they're just gearing up, and now they're going to hit the public markets. And you know, we're seeing the 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 move. We'll see the movement. Of you know they're projecting at I think a seventy-seven billion dollar kind of valuation to be going live like wow, <laughs> goodness, yeah. that I, that's like, great. That's great. He made sixty million dollars last year. Like you know, wow, good work, dude. Good work. They posted three hundred twenty-two million net income. Like okay, they're making money. Like this is working. Like, you know, and now, and now, and oh, they, how did they get their bank accounts? They bribed the bank with notes. That was the other thing. Like, wow, good job. Like, you know, master strategists and they pulled it off and, and they, they dealt with a lot of hatred from the community over the years. But, you know, at the end of the day, they just stayed focused on what they did. I remember there was like, I think they were dealing with some cancel culture and they told people if you don't, can't handle like, you know, our non-canceling culture, I feel was what they were saying, that you're free to leave. Um, and, uh, you know, and they, they, they've been, they were good in that sense. So, you know, kudos, kudos to them. And then, well, well, they'll be the, they're the first, they won't be the last. I'll tell you that much. Pound that like button for not being the last. Indeed. There are other, there are other ones gearing up and we're talking about valuations of all sorts of, uh, uh, companies out there. I think uh, Kraken was talking. I don't know if they're going to go public, but they were talking about how much they're worth. There was an article about that. All right, uh, John, your take on what Coinbase, all the Coinbase information that's been coming out. And uh, is, is Brian Armstrong a billionaire already? Uh, I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> he, I, would I suspect he's going to be if with a $100 billion IPO. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's, Substantial news just for the fact that the market appears to be receptive to a $100 billion valuation for a company in this industry. Uh, it's not surprising to me, but like when, when, when you compare like Goldman Sachs as being roughly the same and they being kind of the financial gods of the world for the last hundred years or, you know, some ver variation thereof. I mean, I mean, it's, it's pretty compelling that um, Coinbase can come along and I disagree with a lot of their practices and et cetera, et cetera. But as you said before, they're operating in a market. They're, they've grown to the size they have because customers value the service they provide. And now the market is validating the work they've done and valuing them, you know, at, you know, a very high valuation. I think that speaks to the development and the, you know, the, the acceptance of this industry. Now um, you could make the case that, Markets are super frothy right now, and there's a lot of money sloshing around, and that's part of the reason why the valuation is so high. And there's probably some truth to that. But, you know, I think um, more people being interested in this industry, more eyes on it, higher valuations for more companies in the space are going to inspire and incentivize other people to 
other entrepreneurs to get involved in this space and build stuff. And I tend to think that over time, most roads will lead to Bitcoin, but you know, I'll, everyone has a, a different door into this space. And, um, you know, so I, I generally think it's, it's a good thing. And he probably is going to be a billionaire. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, I think uh, Dragon Lord is going to have a different take on this. Take it away. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Bitcoin is basically a mechanism for people, you know, to save money. In today's world, even in America, people barely have money, you know, to afford any kind of emergencies that would arise for them, even for emergency healthcare services. And people, you know, create much more debt this way. And they have less avenues, you know, to progress in life because of this. <clears throat> because their financial security doesn't isn't there. So encouraging people to, you know, go on to Coinbase, you know, and and you know play the shitcoin casino is, is just a no-go for me. People want, you know what should you know what people should just do? They should go sell their shitcoins on Coinbase, exchange it into Bitcoin, then withdraw that Bitcoin and then close your account and just delete Coinbase completely. I mean Kraken is going to be the first Bitcoin bank. So that, that's for sure. And they're going to be the first crypto bank also. It's probably Coinbase is not in a sense any kind of bank cuz you know even if Brian Armstrong created the first crypto exchange, okay. But I mean, that, that you know, that lasted this long. But I mean, it, it's still something that, that kind of promotes, you know, casinoing. People go buy shit coins because they think that, that they can achieve the same goal. I mean, the, the same wealth that other Bitcoin achieved who got in early in 2010, 2009. And, and the whole thing just plays out on the list. They try to get rich quick. And in the end, they burn themselves. And if they look at the, you know, if somebody sells their Bitcoin to buy some sort of shitcoin, that's like the worst of all, like Ripple, they're going to see their Bitcoin and just keep going down to zero and, and, and they're just going to lose their money. So, so telling people to just go into Coinbase and buy stuff, you just, why, why are you diversifying? You're just wasting your money. You're just wasting your savings. You're not doing anything productive for, for yourself and for your family. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. There's a, there's a market for it, though. That's the thing. I mean, you cannot deny there, there is a market for for casinoing. Yeah, that, that's like, you know, that, that's why people go to addiction, you know, for rehab, <laughs> you know, just because they're addiction you know, to gambling and shit. I mean, they, they need to learn how to save money else. They're never going to get out of this thing. Now, again, they're not they're acting as a Bitcoin bank, I, I should do a Bitcoin bank. They're not going to get some banking license. But I mean, basically for for newbies, they buy a bunch of altcoins, they buy some Bitcoin. They keep it there like a bank and you get your Ethereum, you get staking rewards there. No, well, I think a Gemini you do. I, I, I might be getting Gemini, but Coinbase probably will do the same thing. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're even talking about, you know, quote unquote, you can get interest if, with, with your Ethereum at, at places like this. There, there is a demand. Um, the, the newbies, the, the diversifiers, they're going to do what they're going to do. And, um, it, it, it should be interesting. I, uh, I mean, I, I tell people like, yeah, don't, don't, you know, Bitcoin is next Bitcoin, but you can, you can only repeat it so many times. Some people will never, ever get it. All right. Uh, but there's another problem with Coinbase, you know, it, since Coinbase is located in the U.S. and is bound by U.S. regulations, that means that if the U.S. government decided it would, it would confiscate your Bitcoins as part of a 6.02 executive order, then they could do it to even to a foreigner national. Because yes. that's completely American interest over there. But in yes. comparison to other European exchanges operating, that wouldn't be happening. So you should probably, you know, if you're going to be holding Bitcoin in exchange, try to hold it in a country that doesn't have the history of confiscation of private property. 
Well, I, you're looking at, I, I see the, the perspective you're looking at it from. You're comparing European, uh, yeah, Coinbase will uh, confiscate people's Bitcoin. Uh, once, I mean, it will happen uh, very soon. Uh, once they become public, uh, they will uh, really be under the uh, watchful eye of, of Congress and, and, and the SEC and whatnot. And someone bad will do something on uh, someone, quote unquote, deemed bad. And yeah, they're, they're, this, this will happen. But uh, it's <laughs> the, the, and, and I think the people that are valuating uh, Coinbase, they, they agree with that. Uh, you know, the, the, the traditional finance people want uh, a, a uh, financial entity that is going to be completely compliant with everything that the government uh, tells it to do. So, I mean, that, that probably adds value to it, uh, unfortunately, for, for, for the traditional people. But again, this is an opt-in thing. No one has to use Coinbase. No one has to uh, buy, buy Coinbase stock. Uh, but it, it, it is we're really we're getting closer to it happening. That's why we, we brought it up today and everything. So I, I want to get to another uh, tr controversial. Coinbase is a very controversial name in the space. There's no doubt about it. But a name that's even more controversial is Tether. And we're, we're talking about government interference and government regulation. The, the lovely New York Attorney General's office uh, came to a resolution uh, with Tether. And, and find them some money, and they both claim victory, and now everyone can go their separate ways. I still think there's going to be tether fight in the future. Um, I'm, I'm happy that it's over, but again, tether is not Bitcoin. Tether is centralized. They can be sued. We saw the difference there. So, John, did you have any thoughts? This was the beginning of the week when this happened. It seems like eons ago about the uh, New York Attorney General's settlement with tether. Well, I found it interesting that, you know, they settled and Tether admitted no wrongdoing. And then the statement by the New York attorney general was like pretty incriminating. They were like, you know, they covered up 850 million of, of whatever, and they didn't actually have the funds. So it's, it's the, the, the communication seemed a bit contradictory from, from the two parties, but I, I don't know if I'm unique in this way, but I've just never been able to care about the Tether stuff in any way. Like, I've never cared about the FUD. I've never used it because I, like, I don't trust it. Even though, like, I'm I'm happy to accept what the court said, and like, maybe they've more or less run things as they were supposed to, or there's been no loss of funds and stuff. But that's not what I, I you know, I'm I'm not here to extend a, a trust to to players like that in the space. I mean, like, I buy Bitcoin, and that's all I, I care to do. And I'm not trading in and out of it and I'm not using Tether for, for anything else. And so I know there's obviously a use case for it. It's a you know, $20, $30 billion uh, digital asset. But um, I, think, like, I think you're right. The FUD will still come because there's always gonna be that trust issue even though now they're committing to, I think quarterly reporting reserves and flows or something like that. Um, you know, I got, I got messages from friends and stuff saying like, is is the tether stuff the reason why the price is tanking and all that kind of stuff so it's probably still going to be part of the um, the narrative but i it's just really hard for me to care i don't really pay attention to it yeah i, I really agree with a lot of what you said there uh i have to cover it because people ask me questions like that i mean people are like oh look at this article that said this is why the price is going to crash because tether is fake i'm like oh, god we've seen this thing fifty thousand times so i was kind of hoping that it'll it'll shut some people off. I, I will say this: it was very interesting that the New York Attorney General claimed victory, 
and so did Tether. I guess no one can just admit, you know, let, let's just go our separate ways and we can both be uh, just forget about all this. I, I, I don't think the New York Attorney General won in, in, in any way, but she has to save face. And, uh, you know, it's, the, the bureaucrats are going to bureaucrat, I guess. Uh, I, I, hey, do you trust uh, BTC Dragonlord? You know, you're, you're talking about not liking Coinbase very much and, and being a, 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 a gambling. What, what do you think about Tether? I mean, Tether is the oil of gambling. It's what fuels the, the altcoin gambling. The altcoin gambling. Okay, so uh, the Bitfinex account was basically started by a Ripple supporter back in the day, and it was operating as a PSYOP to to increase people doubting Bitcoin. So it was really a big echo. It was a very big echo chamber back in the day between these shitcoin communities, and they really caught on to it. Like it was, it was their little QAnon community, basically, that they used to, you know, to spread fud about Bitcoin, that this is going to be dumping, that's going to get compromised, it's going to crash in price. It never crashed in price. The whole point is that if Tether crashes, they're really going to be trying to exit Tether into Bitcoin, and then Bitcoin price is just going to keep going up. It, it, there's no logical option for Bitcoin to crash with Tether if Tether would ever get compromised or it would, in any sense, lose value or run out of printing money. It, you know what I'm saying. It just, it's impossible. It's a FUD. It's bullshit. But, you know, people need to, you know, somehow move dollar even on chain. So they have, they shit coins and they have dollars on it. So it's dollars. So it, it people decide what they're going to use. So, yeah. Oh, I, I want to say one thing. You bring up Bitfinexed. That was a Twitter handle that did really start to tether FUD. That was the, now, I don't know if yeah. the guy was really a rippler or not. I have no idea. But I just want to bring it up because he has disappeared. He, he, he's gone. I mean, the, the, he got the, wrecked. What, what, had, what he had spawned, though, what he, what he brought about has been that mantle has been picked up by so many people, including the New York Attorney General. Uh, so. Uh, I, I do want to remind the newbies out there, there, there are a lot of people that ha have not heard about this Bitfinex guy. And just just to show you, we've been here a long time where, when you when you know about this dude. And dudes like this come and go. And I, I stress the word go. Someone who might seem like a really big player one day in the space, a really big scary person, whether it be Mike Hearn with his rate that you think is going to bring about the end of cryptocurrency, they're just a, a flash in a pan when you look back on the bigger picture of, of this, okay? Because Massive he's, he's scammers, gone. basically, yeah. You call them what you want. They, they're flashes in, in the pan. All right, so Kyle, I, I'm going to go to you. What do you think about the New York Attorney General and the Tether situation? Is the FUD over with? Um, I don't know. They settled. They, you know, another another settlement that probably covered about the cost of the investigation. I think both people looking like, you know, both both parties declaring uh, wins is a testament to the year we're in, where apparently nobody can lose anymore. Um, so, you know, that's completely ridiculous. Uh, I'm like, really, like, if we if we step back and think about Tether for a second, though, like, there is room for FUD. Like there is room for FUD. It is a central bank in crypto. Uh, but BTC Dragon was just saying was like, if something happens to it, Bitcoin will only succeed. So therefore, what's the inverse of that? If it really succeeds, Bitcoin doesn't succeed because as they as they choose, 
um, you know, I, it feels like it's the central bank where they, if they choose to issue more and more, then all of a sudden you're gaining like whale power. And, you know, I was reading that Wolong article the other day about uh, the art of deception and, and, you know, how he manipulated the Dogecoin markets and back in the day how whales operate. Uh, and to think about whale operations and like coordinated strategies at the Bitcoin level now requires insane bags to be able to do that. And you know the tether bag is uh, is a bag that's capable of of whale level movement. Um, so you know I think it's just to just to be aware of of that you know element that's in play when there is a party that is able to generate uh, money out of thin air. One of my friends the other day I was talking to you know the NFT rage is on and like. You know, the best way to make money in the space is to create your own money. And I think that's something that Heather's really taken part. Uh, All right. You, you bring up Dogecoin. Uh, it, and, uh, well, I think Dogecoin and GameStop are the same uh, mentality here. Uh, the, the, it's the Robin Hood mentality. And, by the way, GameStop got up to is up to $91 again, which is just absolutely ridiculous. No fundamentals behind it whatsoever. But uh, what is your take on uh Dogecoin and its its valuation, Kyle. Uh, I, I, I'm interested to hear because I mean you're not an you're not a you believe in altcoins should exist. I love Dogecoin. <laughs> I think I think if Bitcoin is the gold, and let's say maybe Litecoin would be the silver, and just like a basic analogy, uh, then Dogecoin is like the copper of the world, but cuter. Uh, it's I I just why I like Bitcoin or Dogecoin is because it's based on a meme, it's based on a joke, but it's actually fairly serious. The community is very kind of, you know, it just doesn't, it lacks uh, the serialness of the the BTC versus BCH versus BSV versus ETH versus E. Like there's just so much, so many rival factions and like we can all kind of come together around the meme around the dog around how cute it is like i can give a sticker of a, a bitcoin sticker to a child what kind of reaction does that evoke did you tell me nothing oh you gave me the letter b big whoop you give a child a sticker of the doge you know what happens everybody smiles children smile they're happy they're grateful power of the doge well you know what is doge spelled backwards I, I, that's interesting i i just i'm not gonna say it's blasphemy is what it is blasphemy. <laughs> it's blasphemy i'm not saying it <laughs> but i i get but you're saying you're saying the meme coin is sustainable because to me i think we're in a, it's, it's a dangerous pump and dump situation I think it's I, I I get what you're coming from here. E cryptocurrency. This is the first time we've had tribes built around money. That's you know we have tribes around sports teams, tribes around religion, tribes around a uh, country, but we've never had tribes around uh, money. And the, the, you, the, you describe the Bitcoin tribe, the Dogecoin tribe is a bunch of young people who are new who are trying to manipulate the market in a innocent way i guess that's the way i can say so i mean is this 
Are there going to be a lot yeah, of disappointment? I agree. I don't think they're they're necessarily young people who are new. Like I know some, you know, some, some like I like I've been to I don't know conferences in the space all over, and like Bitcoin conferences to to other crypto conferences. I was at the Dogecoin conference. It was the most fun of them all by a long shot. And the level of this discussion amongst the parties and the diversity there was truly incredible. But it also wasn't people were like, Dogecoin or die. Like, no, no, no. It's like, this is like, let's just, let's just relax. Let's understand. Like, it's okay. I wouldn't put, and the other thing what I like about Dogecoin is Wall Street is not going to touch it. Like, they are not like, when, when, you, when the Goldman Sachs boardroom is like, hmm, should we put 5% of our reserves into doggy coin? Uh, no. But will they say, should we make a big play on the supply of Bitcoin? Hmm. Yeah, we can do that. Can we co-op that network? Uh, yeah, we can start co-opting that network. And I would say that Bitcoin has already seen massive, big, big money come in and big interest into in it. And that's something that, you know, the Doge, the Buddha reincarnate, uh, uh, might, you know, help be a solution to. Again, you, you bring up that the clearly, yes, the corporate entities will not be interested in Doge, which leads me to believe that eventually the, the money will stop coming in to be able to keep the price where it's at. I, I think you need uh, to, to be to be sustainable. You need everyone to have an interest in in the coin to be able to uh, desire to be in on it. And, and I don't. And, I just and that's don't, where, like you know, the figures like an Elon Musk explaining explaining that for Dogecoin to become a real global coin is the ultimate irony, is the biggest joke, and like we are literally living in a book a world like up is down down is up children are wearing masks outside what is going on like the world is completely crazy so why do we think you know the sanity will will reign in the financial markets it obviously is not hmm, that's that is actually a good way to wrap up the uh, the situation with doge and GameStop. what you describe what's going on in the real world yeah it's it's definitely trickled into the financial world uh, John, do you have do you have any thoughts on this Doge or, or GameStop and, and the financial insanity and it, it, how long it can continue? Is it sustainable at all? Well, I mean, first, I, I love the attitude of the GameStop people. And I think, you know, a lot of their memes, I think there's going to be a lot of overflow from them to Bitcoin, right? Because like the GameStop stuff is like, oh, we're going to blow up a few hedge funds. But the Bitcoin stuff is like, we're going to blow up central banking and, and fiat currency. And that's a way bigger game to be playing. And I love to see, you know, there's been some great video memes out there where the, like the two communities come together to fight this epic battle. And I think a lot of those people in the Wall Street Bets uh, community uh, are going to be more and more uh, interested in, in Bitcoin and what it represents. So I think there'll be, you know, that fight, I don't think you can really win. I mean, you know, GameStop, someone's going to be left holding the bag and it's probably going to be you know, the, the retail. Um, but I think they'll shift their, their ire uh, to, you know, bigger bigger fish, bigger targets. And, and that's when you come to Bitcoin. And, you know, about the Doge stuff, um, people are mad at Elon for all this stuff. and like, oh, they're misdirect, misdirecting people away from Bitcoin. Like, 
look, he doesn't owe us or the world anything. I mean, he's off doing what he wants, spaceships, Teslas, whatever. Like, if he wants to have some fun, I'm not going to hold him up as somebody that needs to be more responsible than any of us just because people follow him. I've always hated that sort of attitude towards people with an influence. So if he wants to make Dogecoin memes, that's fine. He put Bitcoin on the balance sheet. I think that speaks volumes of how he sees the two as a legitimate financial asset now and into the future. And like, I agree with the assessment that the world is completely off its rocker right now. And so there's, you know, we shouldn't act nor expect things to be rational all the time, if ever, you know, but uh, hopefully there are some vestiges of, of rationality left. And, um, you know, I think Doge is ridiculous. I wouldn't put my money in it. Uh, I, I, you know, value is always subjective and, and people are going to value a wide range of things. And, you know, people value Pokemon cards and people value certain styles of dressing. And, you know, so like, I don't think it's ever all going to funnel in to Bitcoin. But if we're talking about what is the, you know, the best form, what is the best upgraded form of money in the world today, the most censorship resistant, you know, immutable global store of value and future currency the only one that i'm comfortable placing a bet on with my capital is bitcoin and whatever else people want to do to have fun be part of a community you know gamble a little bit or you know whatever i i don't care so i'm not mad at it i just it's not for me all right let's uh btc dragon i think i know what you're going to say about dogecoin but take it away you know, I used to play video games back in the day because there wasn't really a thing out in the world that would have been interesting for me. And then in a nice day, I managed to find out about Bitcoin and all those games like EVE Online with those virtual battles and their big epic things on it totally ended at light on the spot. It's been a very long time since I played games ever since I discovered the system is screwing me over. And ever since I realized what is going on, I started working against the system to bring it down, to destroy it. And, and this is that serious. Because when you figure out the system that you can change the system and you can be a nobody and you can achieve that, everything changes. Doggy coin might be cute and, and funny, but when you can you know, create a better future with Bitcoin, why would you play around with, with money that doesn't exist? Very interesting uh, comparison there. Uh, the the video game lifestyle to the uh, and waking up one day to uh, more serious things. We, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, because again, the the world isn't. Uh, there's some people that don't, aren't taking anything too seriously or rationally anymore. But hey, uh, good good uh, good story there. I like that. Uh, I wanna I wanna tie everything up here because we we've, we've reached the end of the show. Uh, and it's going to cut us off, but don't worry. I will. Uh, I will save us when it when it cuts us off. So we'll, we'll, since we got BTC Dragon Lord right here right now, uh, he's linked to below. Tell us what's going on with you, man. Uh, anything you want to promote? Any stories you want to bring up that were uh, left off? Yeah, uh, my book's going to be soon coming out. Uh, Bitcoin and trust issue, trust problem. Uh, Bitcoin is currently working on the cover of it and insert, and editing it into it. So it's going to be pretty cool. And a new article going to come out on Citadel 21 and Bitcoin Magazine uh, next month, which is going to be really cool. All right. Now, what's the name of the book again? And who's, who's working on the, the cover? Uh, uh, it's uh, Bitcoin and the Trust Problem. And Bitcoin, you know, is working on it right now. Okay. Okay. 
They're very good. I'm glad you're in motion there. I'm writing books, dude. I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, all right, uh, Kyle, what's uh, what's what's going on with you? Just living, uh, living my life here in Canada, trying to take it one day at a time, raising a whole family. Um, you know, continuing to uh, explore and work on strategies to bring our Swiss key cards to market and the tangent technology of the uh, tangible, easy to use crypto smart cards. Um, check them out, SwissKey.io for more info. And uh, yeah, trying to just have a good time. And not think, not take things too serially because you know, otherwise it can be a bit of a challenge. You know, a little bit on what but what Dragon was saying there. Um, you know, Buckminster Fuller said, you know, don't try and fix the existing system, build new ones that make the existing one obsolete. And I feel that's what crypto is enabling. Um, and I believe that it's a this is a you know, it's tantamount to gunpowder. So the invention of gunpowder that could be, you know, uninvented, uh, those using bows and arrows just are no longer effective. They can continue to fight with them if they so choose, but unless you adopt the gunpowder, you're not, you're going to be at a significant disadvantage. Um, just ask Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai, um, how that went for him. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice movie illusion there. Pound that like button for Tom Cruise. All right. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just really grateful to all of you guys for your dedication and your inspiration and to all the viewers who continue to tune in to Adam. He is amazing. Um, let us know how we can support you, Adam. Um, that's Just pound that like button. That's pound that like button. Boom, 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 boom. Retweet it. Retweet it and just have a strong hand, dudes. All right. We, we will leave it off with uh, with John here. Well, brother, it's always a pleasure to chat. Um, I'm doing my thing on the podcast still, Bitcoin Rapid Fire. And yesterday, myself and Robert Breedlove, Richard James, and <clears throat> Gigi uh, took on the very ambitious task of trying to explore Jordan Peterson's book, Maps of Meaning, which is a, his obscure book written in the late 90s, not one of the well-known bestsellers. And, uh, you know, because it deals with really fundamental topics, and we thought it would be fun to dig into. But boy, was it... Uh, challenging so uh, that was the most recent pod if anyone's interested in that subject matter and uh yeah man i just appreciate what you all do and uh look forward to doing this again sometime all right best guest in the space pound that like button gk just sent 9.99 he said best bitcoin show of the week shabbat shalom indeed shabbat shalom Purim Sameach. It is Purim. Happy Purim to everyone. You were supposed to become intoxicated on Purim. I don't do that, but there are plenty of them getting intoxicated on the streets of New York today. Well, are they still getting drunk? I mean, like, New York's like shut down. My people in New York, you Hassans out there, do not follow the rules of the state. Get drunk out on the state, on the streets of Williamsburg and in Brooklyn today. Go wild. Have fun. Pound that like button. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister. Seriously, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. We'll be back soon. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for the support. See you soon. Bye, everybody. See you guys.